It's the Euros Digest here on Football Digest. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for joining us. Football's heading Rome as England see off Germany to reach the last eight with Ukraine laying in wait. Raheem fulfilling the Wembley dream. Kane sparking the celebration for Southgate simply redemption. Here to react today, we're joined by Football.London's Arsenal writer Kaya Kainak and the stars Warren Muggleton. Guys, I hope you're both well. And uh, well, Kaya, I'll come to you first. Describe that. The pure elation. I think well is an understatement. I'm feeling I'm feeling very good this morning. Uh, I've been feeling very good since about seven o'clock yesterday. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. I, we were saying before we still can't quite believe it's actually happened. I don't think it's quite sunk in yet. I'm glad um, the England players seem pretty measured afterwards. I don't think anyone else in the country is. So I'm glad it's them who are in that situation and not us right now. But all the props have to go to Gareth Southgate. He said it himself after the game. If he got that selection wrong, they'd have killed him. But he didn't. Everything went to plan and I think maybe it's time to start giving him a little bit more credit for the way he's got this England team playing in the tournament so far. Yeah, most definitely. He's taken us to a semi-final in Russia, Warren. The route may well have been as easy as what it was, but you you play what's in front of you. And now he's he's won a knockout game at the Euros inside 90 minutes, the first England manager to do that. And against Germany, no less. It is superb. Like, I think like Kaya says, he deserves so many plaudits. It just felt like one of those days where everything fell into place, you know, with the crowd, the atmosphere, just the way they came out and just the way they managed the game. It felt, we were saying it before, it just felt like they were never, it were even matching Germany or they were on top of them. That's why they came out as winners eventually. Great manager, which I'm sure we'll go into from Southgate and yeah, fully, fully deserved. And this is, I think mean, they said it in punditry, this is the opportunity, I think, for these guys to do something incredible for this even, country. Even that win though, Kyra, and the, the, the scenes within Wembley and sort of the surrounding area around the game, it's generational, isn't it? Yeah, I, I wasn't alive for 96. I was, I was born in 97. I don't remember... That time, I can only remember um, sort of heartache in tournaments for England. 2018 was my first positive experience of a tournament in my lifetime. So I think for this to have happened is definitely something that I'm going to remember. It's sort of a a where were you kind of moment. I don't think anyone's going to forget about it anytime soon. And yeah, I mean, you don't have to have been born in that era or been alive in that era to know about the history. And I thought it was quite interesting. All the England players were saying they weren't going to let that history scare them. They were going to use it to propel them on. And I think that's maybe a difference between this generation and previous generations of England scenes, whereas the previous generations were sort of paralysed by the fear of what had gone before them. This generation seemed quite propelled and quite inspired by it. Yeah, and to me, Warren, the, the, tactical, the tactical setup and just the way in which the methodical approach that Gareth Southgate takes for these these games and setting up this team. There isn't that fear even, we'll talk about switching to a back three and all of that shortly, but even just watching the game, first half, there was so much tension, but when the England players are on the ball, they are all so composed. There isn't that sort of frantic nature we've seen from them in knockout games before where they're just desperate to get the ball forward and, and try and attack and use that British grit to to just break through. They're clever, they're smart, they're measured. Certainly were. I feel like, yeah, amid all the chaos around the stadium, around the analysis of the game, there was an aura of calm probably from the technical area of Wembley. And also, like you say, on the pitch, I think the way that he set up Gareth Southgate, it was interesting. He sort of set up to manage almost this heavy press that he was expecting from Germany with the options perhaps counter-attack with the side. I think that's why he probably started with Sterling and Saka because, I mean, Gosens and Kimmich, as good as they are going forward, they're not... They do have a couple of limitations defensively. But at the end of the day, 
it, when it wasn't working, when Rudiger and uh, Ginter were up to the challenge, he stayed there, wasn't too concerned about that. And he's got a really solid uh, spine in there as well. As you say, the back three and Rice and Phillips. And it just said, yeah, all sort of brought that composure. And when Grealish on, it just brought that extra bit of spark. And yeah, so it's just everything well managed, definitely. And uh, you never felt like they were going to get challenged too greatly by Germany. Yeah, definitely. There was that moment for me in the first half talking about that composure, Kaya, where Maguire wanted to play the ball back to Pickford. He was the wrong side of the goal. And rather than just kicking it out and sort of getting a bit flustered, he turned away from Havertz. It was one a foul and then sort of let rip at, at Jordan Pickford. But it was such a, a measured, controlled and sort of well done performance from England. But that switch to a, to a back three, though, still allowed Bakayo Saka to start. Obviously, your Arsenal writer at, at Football.London and Saka getting his, his second concern start keeping his place after the Czech Republic game and he ran Antonio Rudiger absolutely ragged. Yeah, we were delighted to see him. I think everyone uh, in the Arsenal sort of pen of the England fans were absolutely delighted to see Vakaya Saka start again. And I think from that Czech Republic performance, he probably deserved that. There was, he was probably up there with the most controversial pick. Obviously, the decision to go to the back three was pretty controversial, but I think in terms of individual players, most people probably would have preferred to see Foden, Sancho or probably Jack Grealish, who we'll definitely talk about later. But I think Bakaya Saka justified his selection. I think the fact that Robin Gosens, who's been probably Germany's most um, potent attacking threat in the tournament, was relatively quiet is in big part down to him. I thought Trippier had a good game, but also Saka getting back to help was big. And that Germany high press, which Warren mentioned earlier, that was expected, I think Saka is, he's the slippery eel who's fantastic at getting away from that press, isn't he? He's, I think that moment in the first half where he spun away from Gosens and just dribbled the ball upfield and just carried the pressure away from England a bit. That was one, of, it was a very tense game. So little moments like that where the crowd got lifted were key. And I think Saka definitely had a fantastic game. I don't know if it'll be enough for him to start the next game against Ukraine, who are a very different type of opponent. And again, I'm sure we'll come on to them later, but I think it's another fantastic performance from a guy who it's easy to forget. He's 19 and yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is remarkable. What about? I suppose one of the veterans of the England scene. Then I suppose he's only what twenty six. But Raheem Sterling, Warren, he has the doubters all the time. At the beginning of the the tournament, was asked if he justified his selection. But he has now, hasn't he? He really has. I mean, it may, it all makes me wonder really what so of his. He's always got the perfect combinations in terms of what he's getting into his coaching. He's got Pep Guardiola, who actually has made him brilliant over the last five years a lot of his work really gets it gets criticised for that's consistency more than anything but he's got Gareth Southgate who seems to have so much belief in him that's why he's leading the team as you say and I feel like he he did he probably struggled to make a big impact in that first half because as we said the way that England was set up but I think when Grealish came on it almost gave Sterling that little bit more freedom as well when he's got the likes of sort of his Kevin De Bruyne's or his uh, Bernardo Silva's on the pitch at Manchester City. He can make those little runs around the penalty box. It was that movement that got him the goal in that first instance. I think if they were playing the way they were before, it was up to him to be on that left side and they didn't have as many of those opportunities. But that's what the best players do. I think that's what Kane and Sterling did. They adapted to the game when those changes were made as well. And like I say, when you do that, when you adapt to games, you're more likely to win games. And when you win games, you answer your critics. So he did it perfectly well. Yeah, definitely. And he's kept his place, Kyra, all the time under Southgate. He and Harry Kane sort of seem to be certainly the two undroppables of that forward line. When you're only really playing three forwards, albeit England have this sort of 
embarrassment of riches at, at the top end of the pitch. It is horses for courses, isn't it? And and that's where Southgate, as he as he said in his his post match press conference, if he gets it wrong, he's dead. But the approach yesterday, the back three keeping things secured to then go in the last twenty minutes and, and kill the game off worked an absolute treat. You 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 can't argue with it. No, uh, I think. What Gareth Southgate has done so well in this tournament and he's received so much criticism for it, but it's probably the best way to win a tournament is to just try and keep your opponents at arm's length and then wait for their mistakes. And when they come, take advantage of them with the quality forward players that England have. And Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane are two of the best forward players in the world. And England, like you say, have an embarrassment of riches in that department. But there's no reason when it's nil-nil in a knockout game to overexert yourself and throw caution to the wind and try and risk everything just to get that first goal. England have probably the best bench in the tournament. So Gareth Southgate can say, right, if you want to sit back, we'll go toe-to-toe with you. We'll probably win out over the 120 minutes just because of the quality we can bring off the bench. But if not, we're going to sit back. We're going to wait for you to make your mistake. And I think that first mistake came when Rudiger tried to follow Sterling and dragged himself out of position. And then Sterling popped up again at the back post. And then the second mistake came uh, in the form of uh, Serge Nabry losing the ball in the midfield. They're not big moments but when you have players of the quality that England have they can take advantage of it of course you need a bit of luck and we saw that with the Thomas Muller chance where he probably should have scored let's be honest but uh, we'll erase that from our memories and we'll focus on the positives and I think definitely Gareth Southgate has a clear plan which is totally different from what we've seen in previous tournaments and that I think is what I mean I don't want to get too ahead of myself but looking at the draw that's coming up it's what should see England going a very long way in this tournament yeah, that Muller moment was the, the Gaza 96 moment, wasn't it? Where every time I think we're going to watch it back, we're going to think he scores. But no, we know he misses. We can celebrate it. Um, as good as a goal for me when that when that happened. Uh, but but Warren, kind of looking at it as well, and I suppose everyone says about this England team and in Gareth Southgate, there's so many attackers, fit them all in, this, that and the other. But it's knockout football. You make one mistake, you make one error, and all of a sudden the game can be very different. And if the deficiencies in this England side are defensively, which seemingly they are, surely it, it is better to be more secure there and have your forward players to say to them, right, okay, there isn't maybe as many of you on the pitch as we would like, but you guys need to make sure you make it count because if you don't, you're going to get hooked. Absolutely. I think it comes back to this whole adapting point. I think that's the word that I think that's the word that I've, I saw the most from this from this England side against Germany. I felt even more confident. I think that they could do that. Like you say, despite having those defensive uh, le- less options defensively, I would have confidence now in Gareth Southgate set, and being able to say to these players, "Change your game for the moment. Let's get themselves back into this." If we were to concede a stunner to Zinchenko in the quarterfinal or something like that. I might just say, actually, though, I think one thing that's really helping out the England defence is that midfield pairing of Rice and Phillips as well at the moment. They, they're the only other two start. They started all four games as well so far. And I think Phillips went a bit under the radar. I think I saw somebody regain the ball 11 times against Germany, most in a Euro game since Tony Adams against, guess who, Germany in Euro 96. So they're playing a really important role and they are really helping that defence have that sort of confidence. And there's also confidence at the back from Pickford, just bringing it back to the Muller moment. What I loved about that, as much as I was with the adrenaline flushed out of my body when the goal missed the goal, <laughs> the, very, the best thing about it was seeing Jordan Pickford running out of his goal and yet remonstrating with Raheem Sterling for the error. That just gives you a bag of bag loads of confidence as, as a defender, saying, you know, we've got a guy at this back who is brilliant, had a great game, and he really leads from the back as well. So... 
as much as they might need to adapt to certain games if they're behind, I'd still have confidence in them to be able to see it through. Point I want to make just widely as well, Kyra, after the full-time whistle, even when Harry Kane scored, and we'll talk about Harry Kane shortly, but just in terms of sort of the atmosphere there at Wembley, and I think people now, after overcoming this hurdle, those who weren't on the train are definitely believing now that, that this could happen and that there is momentum building. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It is a first knockout win in 90 minutes, as we said earlier. So England still have a, a lot to do and play. need to play it game by game. But just in terms of that and kind of the, the belief, a lot of people I was speaking to before the game were saying, oh, well, I don't get as nervous for England as I do club games. Oh, club football means more to me. It's different. Surely you can park it and this is this is something different. You don't need to compare. Just let this be the moment. This could be the summer when finally some dreams can be realised. Yeah, enjoy it. Why not? Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's only going to be brief. What's the point in being so down about it? Like I don't, I've never quite understood the amount of negativity that comes towards the England team. Yes, there have been a lot of poor performances, but this is a very good generation with a manager with a clear plan that we've spoken about so many times before. And I think obviously this game was needed because England at a base level needed to get to the quarterfinals of the tournament. But it was also needed in the sense that this shuts up all the criticism of Gareth Southgate's plan now. No one can really say anything that is legitimately critical before when they see the team selection saying, right, why is he playing so many defenders? Why is he not playing this attacker or this attacker? It's because he's got a clear plan. And I think everyone now can sort of trust that he knows what he's doing because he doesn't really have anything left to prove. He's taken England to a World Cup semi-final, as we've said. He's beaten one of the, the biggest, one of the best teams in a knockout game in a major tournament at home in front of the crowd who, before the game, were more or less baying for blood after that team selection. And he's justified everything. So I think now is a time where, having beaten Germany, I, I don't want to speak for the whole country, but I'm pretty sure 99% of the country are behind England right now in a way they probably weren't before off the back of a group stage, which is a, a little bit underwhelming, but clearly there is a plan and clearly going forward, I think the whole country is now well and truly behind this England team. Yeah, most definitely. And it is horses for courses, isn't it? He's got a full squad, so he might as well keep using them and rotating them. Certainly when there, there isn't that drop-off in quality we've seen from England squads in the past. Uh, final sort of comment then on, on Wembley and the atmosphere, Warren. For, for me, I've been quite quite critical myself of Declan Rice through the course of this tournament. He is only 22. I think we forget that. But as you say, he put in a, a brilliant performance, certainly second half. First half, I thought he was getting overrun by Leon Goretzka, but second half certainly sort of rectified that. And for me, after we, we went 1-0 up, there was that run down the right-hand side and him lifting the crowd. Then he was getting cramped just as Serge Gnabry lost the ball. He gave absolutely everything. And it is one of those, isn't it, of as a young player for him, playing on, on that kind of stage in this kind of environment. He doesn't play European football as of yet. West Ham obviously have qualified for European football, but it, it's a learning experience for him and he's he's learning on the job and, and going, well, going along quite well. Well, he seems to be enjoying it for sure. I mean, you know, it's, I think everyone in that team understands how big an opportunity this is. I think we've had times before in campaigns where maybe the attitude hasn't been quite right within the camp. I think it's something that we've seen throughout the reports that have come out from the inside the training camps in George's Park and elsewhere. There's a real togetherness. And I think perhaps Declan Rice 
personifies that the most like you say with getting the crowd geared up and it, it just gives you perseverance is not giving up even when your body's trying to tell you no is just trying to keep on going and keep on fighting because they, they want to do this I, everybody's on the same page and i think that's what rice exemplifies with that and yeah, he's he's probably a competitive version as one of the leaders now. Who knows with, with Henderson's fitness form and it was great to see him come on. But Rice is the man who's really been working alongside Phillips to get, make them assured and so solid. Like I mean, I know you say Goretzka was probably being pretty solid, but I think the work Phillips did behind him as well. They're working well as a pairing. So yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens without that twelfth uh, man of the Wembley crowd. But you know, it's it, it's like I say, it's all percolating nicely for England to to do something very memorable. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, Rice might maybe be the, the technically limited guy in this team, but he is a throwback to, we mentioned before, that that British grit, which you do need. It, it is sort of, I suppose, one of those attributes you can't really quantify. And yeah, that drive that he, he certainly helped give the crowd as well did play its part and uh, yeah, took to, to social media as they all did after the game and really sort of said we're, we're doing this for the nation and there is that that feeling. Let's talk about Harry Kane then, Kaya. Um, as an Arsenal reporter, your favourite subject, I'm sure it's different when he's wearing <laughs> the England captain's armband though. He's finally off the mark in the tournament. He needed that, didn't he? Oh, I, don't, I think we may have, have we lost him. Kai. Yeah, I think Kai he is. Kane and that was it. Who's gone? Yeah, he, yeah, he had Harry Kane. He <laughs> thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out. But Warren, I'll come back to you then on yeah, Harry sure. Kane. And yeah, he's been waiting for that goal. He's, he is finally off the mark. It's, it's fantastic to see. And you could see what it meant to him in that celebration as well. I mean, it's crazy that we're calling it a drought and it's been, what, about five games that he hasn't scored. But in his rate, that's what he's done. I mean, he scored 30 goals under Gareth Southgate, the most by any England player under any manager, which is that just shows you the standards that he's set in and the standards that now we expect from him. And you feel like it could be the catalyst. I mean, playing against a team like Ukraine, where you know, I think what we saw against Sweden is they're going to come on to you and then you can go on the counter-attack. That's a game that I think could really suit Kane to the ground, making that sort of delayed run and then just stepping into the penalty box space at the last moment. That could be the game. Who knows what could happen then? But it is... Fantastic to see, and it's just another. Fun, it's just another thing to get everybody excited as well. When Kane's firing, who knows what's going to happen? And that second goal came at sort of the ideal moment, didn't it? Because we'd seen Thomas Muller go through in the first half. Of course, Timo Werner had gone through as well. It wasn't sort of all plain sailing for England, but that no. second goal and just the you could feel the pressure valve just release, and all of a sudden, albeit we'd seen what had happened the, the day before with both sort of Spain and, and France, but all of a sudden we kind of knew that quarterfinals were beckoning. Oh, certainly. I think, yeah, I think I think that moment definitely came after the Muller miss. It gave England a little bit more confidence. But as soon as Kane headed the ball in, you almost knew it was, I think you almost knew it was going to happen as soon as the ball was won back in midfield. When you saw Shaw making that run, as he'd been brilliant, when Grealish was in space and the cross came in, Kane, you almost knew that Neuer had no chance with that one. And like I say, that whole moment was something that would just stay with me forever. I, if it wasn't even there, but felt like we were. We were all sitting on the sofa going, yeah, like that. <laughs> it was fantastic to see. Yeah, I'd say I went full Ross Kemp when, when both goals went in and, and the full-time whistle. But yeah, it, it is one of those. Uh, England through to the quarterfinals. And uh, yeah, I, I suppose now the big debate is whether or not Southgate switches to the back four or stays with the back three. He's shown flexibility through personnel and now sort of formation as well in this tournament. He certainly has. I think it's an interesting one. I think what we learned against 
when Ukraine played Sweden last night in that 120 minute, it was really, thr- I found it a really thrilling game, a really interesting game to watch. Lots of different battles. But I think what we learned is that if we'd have played Sweden, we would have expected them to sit back and try and hit us on the counter. That would have required a lot of set piece work and probably going back to that back four. With Ukraine, I think you'd expect them to try and attack us a little bit more to a certain extent. And it's up to, I think we might probably keep it at that 4 3 3, but make it, this probably is a good game for Saka or whoever it is, Foden and Sterling and Kane to really burst on the counter attack. Having Mountain that probably back in, you would expect would be really good. So maybe he will keep it the same, but who knows? The one thing as well we learned from Wembley is that Southgate is confident in his own his own selection and he's not going to tell anybody. He's got that element of surprise and it's going to keep us guessing, but perhaps that's just the best thing for England. And I suppose sort of with everything, knockout football throws up the different challenges along the way. Now it is out to Rome for the quarterfinal, first game away from from Wembley. So it's going to be something different for England to experience. And and now, I mean, they did have it in the group stage game, certainly after the, the Croatia one, most certainly against Scotland, maybe didn't handle it all too well. That overwhelming pressure from outside of England are the favourites because yesterday, maybe looking at it man for man, you could have made a point for England being favourites, but there was all that baggage and history with Germany. It was different. Now, everyone is talking England are already in the final when they're not. They're only at the quarters. (laughs) It has a very similar kind of feel to when we won the penalty shootout against Colombia, doesn't it? Because I remember remember going into that game against Sweden, there was just bags of confidence from everybody. And at the end of the day, Gareth played his own game. You know, they adapted it to dominate Sweden at set piece and in the air, which is what they scored. They scored the header from Maguire and then against Dele Alli in that game. And I feel like you would expect him to do the same. As much as all that's happened, I feel like it's, I think I said it before, it's just there's there's a unity in this squad. And I feel like everybody's confident in each other. And I feel like that is probably a more powerful factor than any kind of history of whether, where, I mean, the nearest history we've got with Ukraine is probably that group stage in Euro 2012, where Rooney yeah. scored. I mean, that's about it. So, yeah, I think you could be. You come, I think we could maybe start doing playing a bit of hangman with five letters and F at the start for fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's not get Wearing too carried away. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's not get too carried away. But just in terms of, um, I suppose, the, then the the other game yesterday. As you say, Ukraine running out winners and and beating Sweden two one in in with the last kick in extra time. For me, certainly as that game went on and bringing it back to England before we concentrate on that game, it, it reminded me of how important having a squad is going to be at this tournament and that depth of quality because they on both sides they were dropping like flies by the end. Yeah, oh yeah, they were. It was it was unbelievable. I think I think that was probably because of the physicality of the game and I mean probably that that challenge it would very much split people but I think the reckless nature of it made it a red card but it's all set the tone didn't it for it, it probably plays into England's hands but yeah like I said I was played 30 minutes more they'll be traveling very similar flight paths um yeah it's it was an interesting one I think but I think overall it probably plays into England's hands Ukraine will be weakened like you say with the injury and perhaps they had definitely had a couple of cramp issues as well but they'll certainly have some spirit. They've got a great man in Andrei Shevchenko who knows about big moments and he knows about playing in Italy as well and playing well in Italy. So something for Gareth Southgate to think about, but I don't know. Will we, I think he'll be able to manage that t- Ukraine team quite well. Whatever, yeah, I and mean, who knows what can happen. 
yeah, who does know what what will happen? And as you say, it's going to be a, a big, big game. In terms of Sweden-Ukraine, then what did you make of it? You've already touched on the red card there that split opinion. I think we're both of the same opinion on that, that yeah, yeah it probably was a, a red card. But Ukraine had taken the lead through Zinchenko and then obviously Forsberg with a, a brilliant equaliser, albeit took a deflection. He's got a fair few goals for Sweden through the, the tournament so far. But Ukraine in the end, having that man advantage, albeit, as I said, a few of their bigger names, Yarmolenko going off at halftime in, in extra time as well, but they got the job done. They certainly did, yes. I think, yeah, Ukraine stood up to the challenge. You imagine there was probably almost a, a big team talk coming from Shevchenko in that uh, in that uh, changing room. And they came out and attacked the game within the opening stages. That's why they, because Zinchenko at the end of the day was left on his own on that far side of the penalty box. I mean, that's why he was able to put that driving ball in. Yarmolenko with a great cross in and working it well, but I think at the end, it also showed a bit of defensive frailty whilst they're out on the attack. That's why Forsberg, I mean, Sweden moved that ball quite quickly from the wing into the centre where Forsberg was waiting and a deflection kind of, obviously it's deflection, anything can happen, but it did show that Ukraine are a little bit exposed at the back when they're on the attack. But I think Sweden just, everyone just became a little bit laggy in the way that they were playing, just didn't quite have that spark or that fears, that final pass. And at the end of the day, it was it was an even Stevens game. It was just going to take one moment of magic. I think that was probably the Zinchenko, the cross that came in on that 30th minute and made it easy for the striker. So it was well deserved by Ukraine. Oh, you got him back. <laughs> so yeah, I think, but I think, yeah, it definitely deserves to be Ukraine's day for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Kaya is is back with us now after the, the computer froze. Kaya, we were just talking about yeah. Sweden, Ukraine there, and sort of now obviously it's setting up that that game in Rome, which away from Wembley is going to be a different challenge for England, isn't it? Yeah, sorry about that. That's what happens when you ask an Arsenal reporter to talk about a Tottenham player. Everything just goes wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think Ukraine. Uh, I, I watched the game last night, and neither team really struck me as any anything England should be afraid of. They were both. Without being too disrespectful, they both look pretty average. I don't think England will be worried. I think of the two teams, it was definitely the more favourable draw that England could have got. I think Ukraine were probably, of the teams who qualified for the last 16, of the, the lowest rank. I think it was a, a really poor tie between Sweden and Ukraine. And I don't know if Ukraine had the quality to sit back and defend for the full game. And I don't know if they had that much offensive quality to cause... England too many problems. They do have players like Yarmolenko who are capable of moments of brilliance, but I'd still like to think that England are able to um, to, to win that game as much as it would be very England to, to beat Germany and then go and lose to Ukraine. Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, we've got the lineup for the quarterfinals as we wrap up here on today's Euro Digest. Switzerland v Spain and Belgium against Italy, both to come on Friday. And then Saturday at seven o'clock, uh, sorry, at five o'clock, it's Czech Republic against Denmark. And at eight, Ukraine against England for a place in the semi final at Euro 2020. It could well be happening. Uh, Warren, final thoughts. I suppose that smile is not going to be wiped off your face all day. <laughs> I'll be certainly enjoying it. I mean, those quarterfinal draws look sensational. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? There could be some great games. I think in terms of my my thoughts for England's quarterfinal, I think I've got a good way of summing it up if I may. God. Yeah, but all right, here we go. take it away. I'm going to play it very quietly. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Who 
Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> a great musical interlude then to finish here on this edition of the Euro Digest. From myself, Guy Clark, Warren Muggleton and Kaya Kainak, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. <laughs>